everyone. Welcome to the Big League Philanthropist Podcast, where we talk to athletes and nonprofits about the power of sports and what they're doing to make a difference in their community. I'm your host, Danielle Berman. I'm a philanthropy consultant, specifically with athletes and in the sports space. I also run an athlete career transition firm focused on helping athletes find what's next in their lives. Join me and learn more about how athletes are changing their own lives, but also the lives of those around the world. Welcome to the Big League Philanthropist. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Big League Philanthropist. My name is Danielle Berman. I'm your host. I'm a sports philanthropy consultant and founder of Tackle What Matters and Tackle What's Next. Uh, I'm so excited for our first episode of 2020. I hope everyone had an awesome holiday, a great new year. I know I took full advantage of some rest and relaxation um, and even found some time to get caught up on a couple things, which was awesome. So excited to get to our first episode of the new year. Um, and we're switching things up a little bit. So today we are actually featuring Amy Kingman, who is a nonprofit executive at Learning by Giving Foundation. Um, Amy and I actually connected in February of 2019, so almost a year ago now. And we talked a lot about her work um, at Learning by Giving Foundation with the world of sports. So with sports teams, sports organizations, sports venues, athletes themselves, um, and the power that that had with their message and and mission. Um, Learning by Giving uh, was actually uh, started by Doris Buffett, sister of Warren Buffett. Um, And uh, she talks about the fact that their goal is to uh, raise and educate uh, future generations of effective philanthropists. So that's really their goal. They have courses, they have curriculums, they're working with college students primarily, but they've also partnered with the San Francisco 49ers in their STEM program to work with their high school students that they have um, in their program. So that's been a really cool thing. And she talks about that a little bit on this episode. So uh, we kind of start off in the middle of the interview here. She's talking about her um, previous experience and how she got involved with the Learning by Giving Foundation. She started at a nonprofit that was working to empower women and girls and Learning by Giving Foundation actually came in and did a curriculum program with her um, beneficiaries, with the girls she was working with. And that's how she found out about them. And the rest is history. She's been involved with the organization and and executive director for several years now. And they're doing really amazing things. So thank you so much to Amy and the Learning by Giving Foundation uh, for letting us release this interview um, as an episode on our show. Um, They are awesome. So please make sure you check them out. Um, All the details to find out some of their work and how to learn more about what they do is in the show notes. And please, please, please follow and subscribe to this podcast. Leave us a comment, a rating, a review. Uh, And please email us at bigleaguephilanthropist at gmail.com. If there's a story you want to share, someone you think we should talk to, again, we're really trying to highlight the power of sports and how athletes and nonprofits can make a difference using sport as their tool. So please, please reach out to us. And we really hope you enjoy this interview with Amy Kingman. learn about local organizations doing that work. And so um, I worked really closely with them and um, with a group of young women and was incredibly impressed with their process, which was obviously facilitated right by the faculty at Simmons. The last, um, so each class has a minimum of about $10,000 to grant out at the end of their experiential learning class. And um, for this particular class at the very 
end of the semester, each student group who has worked closely with an organization, they uh, would pitch their organization to their colleagues, their fellow students in their class. I think there are about 35 young women in this class. And the leadership of those organizations is invited to attend, but you have to sit in the back and you can't speak. So, you know, here we have 19-year-old women asking their peers really detailed questions about the sustainability of the organization and the finances and the structure of the board and community involvement in the decision-making process, et cetera. And I was watching um, this incredible group of young women defend and represent strong women, strong girls. And it was just an amazing opportunity because to see uh, what sort of true empowerment and therefore true responsibility mm-hmm. looks like um, with that agency. Yeah. Uh, because there's real money at stake. Um, so I, was, I certainly became a fan of the, the model and the idea and kind of just followed the work of the foundation ever since. That's awesome. That's really great. Um, and so now you're executive director, and how would you say, uh, or how would you, excuse me, how would you define your role, your primary role um, with the organization? So my primary role <laughs> is to do uh, exactly what you sort of started this uh, call talking about, which is to make sure that people with similar passions and similar interests know about the foundation, know about our work. Um, and know how they can get involved and either be a partner or support our work. So, you know, just making sure that people understand what the learning by giving model is, how we work, who we work with, what sort of our new initiatives are, and then, you know, how they can become a part of the movement is, is really like, that's what I do most of the day, all day, every day. Obviously, there's a lot of other housekeeping things you have to do to, you know, run an effective organization, but that's my most important role. Yeah, and, and just kind of leading off from that, um, how do you guys find the instructors or professors that come into the different schools for the program? Um, is there some sort of training program that people go through, and how can people get involved in that if they're interested? Yeah, it's a great question. So we have an application process. So we uh, add undergraduate schools to the network in typically one of two ways. Uh, first, they reach out to us because they're in being able to create, you know, experiential learning and experiential philanthropy class at whatever college or university. We have a really diverse network. We have everything from Ivy League to community colleges and state schools in the network, and I think that that actually really strengthens um, the faculty to be able to have colleagues within very different sort of uh, environments and also sort of shows that philanthropy doesn't belong to one group or another, philanthropy and the idea of investing in social change belongs to everyone, um, and everybody's voices are equally valuable there. And so sometimes schools reach out to us, sometimes we reach out to schools. Um, we're particularly trying to diversify the student population um, that we work with and to try to uh, work with uh, schools that are in geographies of the country, like places of the country where we don't have much of a presence. So. The South, Southwest, and Mountain States are, are a new priority for us, as well as working with more state schools, community colleges, and, and being able to uh, bring more income diversity and racial and ethnic diversity to our student population. So that, again, the people seeing themselves as future philanthropists and the voices around the table about how these types of resources are used are, should be increasingly diverse. 
Um, so that's how that's typically what we think about when we reach out to schools. And then once um, that relationship is formed and there's interest, we have a formal application. We have a five-member faculty advisory council who are uh, faculty of ours who work at different schools around the country, teaching them classes who have been doing so for quite some time and are just wonderfully experienced and collaborative in how to sort of implement best practices with this class. A lot of it sounds really fun, um, and it is. Mm -hmm. It's also an incredible amount of work for faculty, right? It's probably a lot more work than teaching many of their other classes. Because again, it's real. Like you're really interacting with organizations in the community. Right. Really, give, their students are really giving away money. Um, it's not just reading about it, sort of in, in, in theory. And then, um, then our faculty advisory council uh, runs an interview process and looks for uh, sort of readiness and sustainability, et cetera, et cetera. And then, if it makes sense to bring them onto the network, we bring them on. We don't um, fund our schools in perpetuity, so we help provide seed funding. Uh, for them to get up and running, um, and after the pilot year, you know, we, we typically stay at the full 10,000 for three years, but we also work with our schools to help identify a school alum or a local donor or community foundation that's going to be just as invested as the Learning by Giving Foundation in their work, and we have our schools and the network probably receive uh, about an additional $175,000 from outside donors in the past year to help uh, with their student grant making process. So obviously that's a really detailed application process for some of the schools and some of the you know faculty that are involved. Now in terms of the community partners that you reach out to um, and work with um, that you guys are giving grants to, are there qualifications or things that you're looking for um, in that respect? So one of the really unique things about the Learning by Giving model is all of that work is done entirely by students. And so every class uh, so let's just take the University of California at Berkeley for, as an example. At the beginning of that class, the faculty uh, work with the students to do some community mapping, like what are the issues that are you know, here in Berkeley um, and in the Bay Area that are affecting our community. They have to then narrow down, the students have to decide which issue they want to focus on, right? Because if you, once you sort of open up that door, it could be uh, affordable housing, it could be food insecurity, it could be you know domestic and community violence, it could be human trafficking. I mean, there's so many things, right, that um, so many issues that are facing communities, and the students ultimately have to decide which one they want to focus on and where they think they can have the most impact. And then they begin to learn, right, like once they've decided what the issue is going to be or the area of focus, they've learned about all of the organizations that uh, in their ge geographic community that are Working on that issue, they put together a request for proposals, right? And then they solicit proposals from nonprofits. They read responses. They narrow down sort of finalists. They're required to do site visits. Again, that like this is not just about reading things on paper and going online and making assessments about uh, really important nonprofit work. It's about going out to communities, speaking with beneficiaries, speaking with staff on the ground, trying to really better understand um, how these issues are being grappled with, and then ultimately the students make their final selection, and that, that's the most challenging thing, right? They often start out with, okay, we're going to give a little bit of money to everybody we met, right? Like, that's sort of a nice, easy yeah. first, uh, first uh, decision, and then the more that they grapple with it, the more they realize a little bit of money to everybody is probably not going to move the needle on anything, right? And so uh, we may have to 
not be able to support organizations that we really love in order to do one thing and do it really well. And that, that decision-making process, grappling again with those very real consequences, especially for uh, issues they become passionate about and organizations that they've come to love, is it, it, what philanthropy is, right? It's a real challenge. Uh, for for anybody, but especially for our students, and they take it very seriously. Yeah, that's great. And so, would you would you say that that's also some of the biggest challenges you face with the Learning by Giving Foundation in general? Is that kind of we can't help everybody and divide it evenly? We have to really find those partners. Or are there other challenges that you find in terms of securing schools or keeping that advisory council together? Um, what would you say is the biggest challenge as an organization that you guys face? Yeah. So. That, that's actually really interesting because, yeah, you would think that, you know, <laughs> that wouldn't be an issue. But, yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things for, for partners and donors and potential donors that, you know, once they understand it, they really connect with it because their funds aren't going to go to overhead, right? Uh, if they contribute to the Learning by Giving Foundation or contribute to one of our classes, that money is going to go right back out to the 501c3. It's going to go right back out into the community. And they're also going to use that money to educate and inspire a new generation of philanthropists and community leaders. So in a lot of ways, it sort of does double duty, or there's two turns on that dollar for the donor. But we have to be able to get that message in front of potential donors for them to understand this opportunity. We'll be right back to the episode after the short break. Right. That's one of our challenges. Okay, great. And now you mentioned the 49ers partnership that you guys are doing. Uh, can you can you give me a little bit of background about that, why you guys decided to partner with them, why break into the high school area, and just kind of the decision-making there? Yeah, thank you for asking. I'm so excited about this work. So uh, the Learning by Giving Foundation has been getting requests to bring the principal to a high school class, right, to sort of the – 15, 16-, 17-year-old age group for a really long time. And when we thought about what was going to be our most big for our buck, as well as what was going to support our goal in um, diversifying the decision-makers in philanthropy, we really intentionally wanted to work with students from public school districts, and in particular, uh, a diverse student population. So once we sort of figured that out, we said, okay, you know, we're going to work with high school students, we want it to be an intentionally uh, diverse group of young people, uh, how can 
resources. And so we started looking for added, like sort of partners, other nonprofit organizations that um, that work with kids in public schools, but primarily in the out-of-school time space, right? Then we also wanted to look for an organization that had a rigorous model. So it wasn't a drop-in model, but had a model where we could consistently see um, young people who were a part of the program for years and who had consistent attendance in the program. Because every learning by giving session builds upon the, the one before it, right? And so in order to have the most informed decision makers in the grant process at the end of the class, we needed to have a really consistent group of young people. And the San Francisco 49ers Foundation and the Silicon Valley Education Fund have had a program called the STEM Leadership Institute in the Santa Clara Public High School for, uh, I think it's going on its fifth or sixth year. I think it's the fifth year. Um, and um, it's an incredible group of young people, very dedicated, who have already sort of uh, given their time outside of school to advance their studies and advance their opportunity. And they approached us with the idea to bring the Learning by Giving class to their high school juniors. And so we currently have 60 uh, high school juniors at the Santa Clara High School uh, engaged in, their, in learning by giving. And tomorrow will be, I think, their fourth class total. So it starts with the spring of their junior year, and it will wrap up next fall. That's great. And you you kind of dive you kind of dove into some of the qualifications and kind of reasonings that you dove in there um, with the public schools and everything like that. In terms of some of the sports partnerships that you guys have created, I see you guys are working with uh, organizations like the Red Sox Foundation as well. Um, why is partnering with sports organizations important to your mission and your goals? great. Um, and again, just in terms of the sports partnerships, but more in terms of in general with um, the learning by giving, are there metrics that you guys are tracking when you enter new partnerships or when you enter new schools um, with either the youth or the students involved or with the programs yeah. that are benefiting? Yeah, so we've started implementing, you know, pre and post surveys uh, with our students, in particular with our, our high school students, just we're primarily looking for changes in mindset and behavior, right? So we're asking questions 
questions about uh, do you see yourself as a philanthropist, yes or no, you know, like sort of on a scale, right? Do you think that you have tools that uh, you can use to affect change in, their, in your community? Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of young people, whether they're high school students or college students, say, I don't have any money, and so therefore I can't do anything, right? I'm not a philanthropist. Right. George Buffett's passion was always for people to see the many tools that they had in their tool belt. Money is the easiest one, right? Time and talent and grit and reflective listening and, you know, real collaborative partnerships. Those are very real tools that can help affect change in a community that every single young person has. And it's about how they use them um, that will really make a difference. And so we, we, through our surveys, we do look for those changes in sort of mindset um, and behavior. Are they more likely to volunteer um, after their learning by giving experience? Are they more likely to give, you know, some of their own money to the issues that they care about? Can they identify issues that face their community? And we're looking for changes in those areas. But I can send you the questions if you want. There's a bunch of them. Sure. No, that would be wonderful just to take a look at those. That would be great. Sure. Um, and then just, you know, one more question, I guess that will be um, kind of tie into um, kind of closing out here. Um, are there certain goals that you're hoping to achieve through these different partnerships um, as well as in the sports sector? Obviously, I know that, you know, you just said how important the sports sector is to you guys in terms of creating that sense of community and camaraderie. Uh, but are there certain goals that are particular to those partnerships in the sports space that you guys are looking at? Yeah, so I can answer the sports one first, and then I can answer sort of the broader one second. Specifically sports, I think that um, we piloted a new event this fall, or excuse me, this, it was December 1st, at Fenway Park, which is called Philanthropy on the Field. And we had um, over 180 uh, young leaders, right? So we call them emerging leaders, but it's really people 23 to 35 come to Fenway Park for a learning by giving experience all in one day. They uh, had, you know, a, a modified classroom where they learned the tenets of how to effectively evaluate nonprofits. They heard from local leaders, sports, you know, people in sports and local other philanthropists. They um, networked with and heard about the work of about 20 local nonprofit organizations and then ultimately together decided how to grant over $100,000 in funds, right? So it was an incredibly wow. beautiful day because mm-hmm. it was, a full introduction to the learning by giving experience, and it was a real celebration of Boston pride of um, the next the city's next generation of leadership kind of really coming together to do something as a collective that was really going to affect the community, and that's something that we would love to do at stadiums and with um, sports franchises all over the country. It's something that you know we already have the the technology to do. We actually designed an app that everybody can use on their phone in order to register for the event, access the framework um, to uh, evaluate the nonprofits, and then ultimately direct the funds. But it's also just something that, because we have students, right, and alumni all over the country, that we would love to do with a number of sports franchises. If anybody wants to use their stadium that way sort of during the off-season and partner with us on that. Um, the other thing that I think I see, which is a really interesting potential opportunity for the foundation, but a lot of athletes are philanthropists, right? They give their money out. They, sure. they give very generously. They have causes. But a lot of them don't have incredibly well-established foundations, and they don't necessarily have strategic direction. 
portion of their gimmick, and they certainly don't have the time to do all of the vetting. Sure, exactly. He just nailed it. (laughs) Yeah, and so I think it's a major opportunity for, you know, athletes and former athletes to work with Larger by Gimmick, because what we have is a group of, you know, in some ways, certain thoughtful young people who have gone through our classes, right, who are in communities and major cities all over the country, who would come together and say, you know, if, if Mookie Beth cares about uh, high school graduation rates in the inner city, these are the organizations that are doing that work most effectively, and we know that because we went through an extensive due diligence process to figure that out, right? So I think that in some ways, someone like this pro bono consulting that our student alums I love that. I think that's so important. And, you know, I just, that was, those were the questions that I had. So I guess just to close it out, is there any kind of message that you want people to take away with, you know, whether it's the growth or future of learning by giving? Um, Obviously, that was a great uh, part of that. But is there anything else that you want people to know about the organization and how they might be able to get involved? Um, You know, I think if anybody, like, sort of connects with that desire
Awesome. Well, Amy, I really appreciate your time. And this was great. I loved learning more about the foundation. Yeah, thank you so much for helping us get the word out. And we're really glad that, uh, that you stumbled across the foundation and, and that you are just as passionate about it as we are. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Amy. I appreciate your time. And I hope you drive safely the rest of your trip here. I will. You too. Have a great afternoon. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to our first episode of 2020. And thank you again to the Learning by Giving Foundation and Amy for letting us rebroadcast this interview. Um, again, if you want to learn more about Learning by Giving Foundation, you can visit www.learningbygivingfoundation.org. All of their social media handles are in the show notes. We also did a blog based on this interview um, and conversation that I had with Amy on tacklewhatmatters.com. So if you wanted to read more, um, I linked that in the show notes as well. So thank you again to Learning by Giving Foundation and Amy for your time. Thanks for encouraging me to uh, release this on the podcast and, and allowing me to do so. And think this was a great addition. I'd love to hear from you guys. If you enjoyed this kind of nonprofit executive feature, let me know uh, if you have stories you want to share or friends or connections or contacts that you think would be great to get on the show. Please email us at bigleaguephilanthropist at gmail.com. Please follow us on social media at Big League Phil on Twitter, at Big League Philanthropist on Instagram. And please, please, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It goes a long way. Thank you again for listening. And one more shameless plug before I leave you guys for the, the episode. We have a big event coming up at the end of the month in Miami focused on athlete career transition and helping athletes achieve their purpose and goals and mission outside of sports. One of our panels is focused on the philanthropy side and the nonprofit side. Um, so if you're going to be down there, um, if you know people that are going to be down there, please pass them to tacklewhatsnext.com. Refer them to our event. It's going to be awesome. We have some amazing speakers and we hope you can join us. We hope to meet some of you in person. I personally would love to thank you for listening to this podcast and get you engaged with some of the other things we're doing. So a little shameless plug there, January 30th in Miami. Uh, definitely hope to see some of you there. Thanks again for listening and we'll be back in your ears soon with a new episode.